This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. He is the birthday boy, Jared Morgan. Hello. Yes, I'm here, and it's my birthday. I'm 37 today. I wouldn't say you're old, but I'm older, so. Yeah. I don't want to incriminate myself there. Uh, I'm bald for a reason. Um, (laughs) They're 39. Yeah, let's call it that. Um, <laughs> for those playing at home, uh, I'm a leap year baby and I'm 11. You do the math. Um, yeah. so, so we had to, we had to skip out last week, uh, because, uh, I understand you were on a death's door. Yeah. It wasn't a good time here in this house. There's a, a bit of a nasty viral gastro bug floating around here at the moment. And, uh, we got it. The whole family, of course, mm. because, you know, a family that shares cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, we all got stricken with this deadly, with this disgusting thing, and there was there was the firing out of both ends that we all love, <laughs> um, the whole family. But luckily, we didn't get it all at once, so it sort of went through the family. So at least everyone wasn't like you know queuing up for the toilet, um, which is kind of good. That is so, kind of good, I guess. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> really positive you can get out of it because the rest of it was pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, so, so normally we record on, uh, uh, Saturday for myself, it's Sunday in the future for Jared. Um, so we weren't gonna be able to record Saturdays and then we were thinking, oh, well, why don't we record Friday? But then because Jared was sick, he didn't bring a chance to bring home any of his stuff. So we couldn't record Friday. And then, uh, it was our old fallback of, well, we always recorded on Sunday in the past, but I had my Orange County Pinball League to go to. And so, yeah, we decided, you know what? let's take a week off because there's not a lot of pinball uh, to talk about anyway. <laughs> Last week, uh, truth be told, there's not a lot to talk about this week either. <laughs> the universe is conspiring against us. So let's just yes. not bother. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here's the, here's a uh, reason why there was no way that I was going to podcast. I mean, come on, I get to go play pinball. Why would I want to podcast? Um, yeah. But particularly wanted to go check out uh, the tournament this time because at this particular tournament, they had the brand new Circus Voltaire color DMD screen oh, going on. And this isn't the video screen version. This is actually a proper multi-color LED, right? And it looks damn good. Yeah. I bet you it would. Yeah, like, no, I was, you know, because you had mentioned, oh, you know, they're not doing the LED. And I didn't really think much about it because there's a mode, you know, you can choose with color DMD to either have it replicate the dots or to yeah, have it, was, it blend everything. I personally yeah. am not a fan of the blending at all. It looks odd to me. Um, it looks great on Indy Jones. I've seen it blended on Indiana Jones, and it looks it looks really quite good. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something like like when they did it with uh, ACDC. Yeah, I personally found the dots to look a lot better than the blended version. Um, hmm. I mean, that's just that's just me. So that live, sort of that live sort of digitized footage stuff that they often use in Stearns. That point yeah, yeah, I, the, that, that would tend to what I do agree with. 
yeah, I think the, the the less sort of like the more actual dotmation stuff that the that's like only unique to pinball machines. I think that stuff will come across a lot better um, when it's smooth because it's yeah. it's designed just you know just for the pinball machine, not trying to sort of. I don't know why they digitize stuff on pinball. It's <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, it's because they don't have animators. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, you got to cut the budget somewhere. Hey, let's just go to the animator. I mean, why we got video footage? It's, it's kind of like when somebody goes, "Oh, it's really easy to take a uh, color film and turn it into black and white." You just put it into black and white mode, and it's like you do realize that there's an actual art to how you the color palette that you use in a black and white film. Um, yeah. There's a there's a classic picture of the Adams Family, the TV show, not the pinball machine. Uh, yeah, the TV yeah. show, which was a black and white TV show in the 60s, but there is a color photo of what the living room actually looked like on Adam's family. And it is this salmon pink walls and everything is really kind of bright. Well, that's because they need the contrast of black and white. And so they were using all these colors that you normally wouldn't have used <laughs> for a color uh, uh, filling, but you had to in black and white. So, yeah. Um, so but so, yeah, the... So the contrast would pop essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then on the flip side, if you're doing fake blood, well, you didn't need red blood. You just need something that would get that glistening going. So they use chocolate syrup because it really oh, captured the light and you know reflected properly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, the 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 DMD on this thing, it is true dot uh, LEDs, and it is gorgeous looking. Um, oh yeah. The I mean it it. It's gorgeous, and it also, you forget that it wasn't initially part of the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, it quickly ceases to be a mod and just becomes something that you're used to. You know, it doesn't look out of the ordinary, I should say. Um, yeah, so if you're, working, if you're walking up to this pinball machine for the first time, you saw this installed, and yeah. you were watching it, you go, oh, yeah, that seems legit. Like, yeah, they, they had obviously had this technology back in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> The color palette that uh, they chose to put on this thing too matches again brilliantly with the machine itself. I mean, everybody knows Circus Volterra is a very colorful uh, table to begin with. Yeah, but in clown vomit, in kind of an okay way. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, not not in their hurricane or uh, <laughs> kind of way. It's, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and then also because Circus Volterra has a ton of animation in it. They really got to show off uh, the color aspect because also at our tournament was an Indy 500 and somebody was looking at it. They'd never seen Indy 500 before. So they're watching for the first time. They kind of went, boy, I don't think they'll ever bother, you know, putting color DMD on this because there's like next to nothing going on <laughs> on the DMD yeah. screen, you know? Yeah. There's not a lot of animation happening. No, no. And, it, and that, that, that there is, is a car. Ooh, yeah. you know, maybe. Uh, It'd be an easy one to knock out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the, so I, I tried capturing some video of the DMD in action and posted it to Twitter at the uh, Blockade account. Uh, the mm. one that I didn't, I, I was trying to capture the remaster coming up. Um, I think I got the high wire uh, multiball instead that I posted mm. that. The one that I wish that I had it captured. Um, because here's the thing. People don't really like you videotaping over their shoulder while they're playing in the tournament. <laughs> so, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I actually like people talking to me when I'm playing a game. and talk. It doesn't bother me at all. In fact, it makes me play better. It relaxes right. me. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, the one I wish that I had gotten was the cannon going off. Holy crap, does that look amazing. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. Is it really fiery as it goes off? I, I mean, it goes, first it goes, you know, the flame out, and then it turns yeah. into the smoke, and it's just a beautifully animated piece. Plus, the cannon has all sorts of colors on it. Um, no, that one was by and far one of the best colorizations for the animations of any of the color DMD that I've seen. Um, it really caught my eye. So I think anybody that plunks down the money for this is going to be very, 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 very happy. It looks it fantastic. It's possible you can put this display in any pinball machine, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be CD. It can I be any couldn't machine. Couldn't tell you. I, I, that I don't know for sure. It would make sense that it could go into any machine. Yeah. I've got a feeling that Color DMD and Stern might have actually partnered. Um, I heard rumor of this um, and that might actually have a, a thing going on. So I just wonder because uh, Ghostbusters is the last um, game to feature a gas plasma display in it. Uh -huh. So a, like a standard DMD or sorry, not gas plasma, but you know, LED emulating a gas plasma display. Okay. So um, I just wonder if this new product that's being released has actually come about because of Stern and what they're going to be doing with um, their next table. Um, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, I was really impressed with the video you posted of it. I bet you because it's actually, it's not an LCD screen, it's LEDs, multicolor. Yeah. They would just yeah. be so bright as well. It, like wasn't, just be hopping, it, it wasn't painful. I mean, it didn't, yeah. uh, it, it wasn't, it was no brighter than the rest of the table. Let me put it to you that way. Okay, right. I bet you could probably adjust the brightness because they're LEDs. You could actually adjust the intensity of them as well. Yeah. Uh, now, that being said, this table, I didn't even think to, to look, but this table probably was modded out with all LED lighting too. Um, yeah. Because it was a very sick looking <laughs> Circus Voltaire. It was clean. <laughs> it was it was clean. Um, this particular collector's house that we went to, uh, he, all of his tables are pretty dang immaculate i mean they are yeah. very gorgeous um so another table that uh, was at the tournament was genie and right. this play field was flawless yeah and cleared? had he cleared it it was clear coded it was it was gorgeous um yeah. everything looked brand new to it now the flippers seemed underpowered and that I'm not sure if it was era correct or not. Um, yeah. Getting a ball through the spinner was an effort. I mean, it really was a, a, like, you know, push to get that ball all the way up there to the spinner. Um, that being said, though, the rest of the table played like it should play, which is that slow, very bouncy. Uh, you can see the ball where it's going a mile away. So yeah, super, super um, slow yet torturous too, because when it's like that, you see the ball coming down towards the flippers and you go, there's nothing I can do about you're, this. Well, not only that, but your reaction time is completely thrown off. But you're um, trying to like nudge the ball and it's not doing anything because it's moving so slowly. Let's put this this way. If you're used to doing live catches at a certain speed, on Genie, you're doing it, you know, half a second too early. Yeah, and the you, ball's just not there yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, or if you're trying to to uh, you know flipper pass a ball to the other flipper, yeah. your timing is just totally messed up, and it it messes with your head. This That's is the bad. experience that I've had 
whenever I've played any of the Bally Y bodies, whenever I've played any of the EMs in real life, that's the experience I'm used to, not the experience that happens in Pinball Arcade. No, um, no it's just, it's like the, the Pinball Arcade tables are pitched like a modern DMD, yet it's, they've got like, and to do that, from to have the pitch that they've got, and the speed that the the games play it, they would have to in real life, like modify the flipper coils and put right. super powerful coils in for it to move that speed because it's the the speed is just totally unrealistic. I played a probably a genie in not as good condition as the one that you would have played, but it was still in pretty good condition, and it's a slow, floaty, lovely yeah. game. Yeah, and in TPA, it's nothing like that. It's no. It's it's part of the reason why it wasn't one of our recommendations, eh? Right. Because and you can just... see again, I, I posted video on Twitter of it on the yeah. Blockade account. And if you watch when the ball is at the upper flippers, yeah, you've never seen the ball move that slowly in Pinball Arcade. No and way. yet that is how it always flows on the real genie. Because I've this is now the second time I played genie. Uh, I played it at his house, and I also got to play it when I was at Arcade Expo 2.0. Um, yeah. And both experiences were the same with the floaty. Like I said, I think his flippers were a little underpowered, um, yeah. but uh, but not by much. Um, again, every EM that I've ever played, the ball, you know, from a caught uh, captured ball, you do that flip. You're lucky if you can get the ball three quarters of the way up the playfield. It's usually right about the halfway mark that that ball starts coming right back down. You know, getting to the top of a playfield is part of the challenge of an EM. That's why the bumpers are uh, worth more points up there. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's because the upper play field is where all the money action is. Exactly. So you're basically trying to keep it alive when you do your flip. I mean, when you yeah. do your plunge for as long as possible up there. And then once it comes down there, well, now it's, you know, doing nickel and diming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. I wish they could do something about that in in um, Pinball Arcade for those older tables because it's just unrealistic. And to, like they've actually got a beta running at the moment of um, Eight Ball Deluxe, mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because it's to me it's it's like that as well with that game. That's that's like the same era as um, Centaur. Yes, and you can tell because uh, like when I looked at it, I thought, oh, immediately when I saw all the light animations happening between balls, I went, that's totally that system. Yeah, the, the same system as Sentinel because it like pulses all the lights and kicks out the ball, resets the drop targets, like the same functionally, like the the same sort of um, reset sequence. So mm -hmm. it has the same squawk and talk board that um, Centaur does, but without the reverb in it. Right. So like watching how that plays and and knowing how big the solenoids are in those games because I've actually had the hood up on them. They're tiny little solenoids for the flippers. Yet this ball is rocketing around the playfield like it would be in a like a 1990s DMD. Yeah, and it's like it, like when you're playing one of these games, even if it's in reasonable condition, like you shoot the ball up one of those loops and it dribbles up the loop and just makes it to the top lanes. That's how it's designed to play. Right, it's not all like, sure like medieval madness. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it does at the moment. It just shoots up there at this rapid rate, and you go, look, there's no way, there's no chance, that's the thing, there's no chance for the ball to, to, to dribble back down and be at risk again. Like, it's a sure shot up that ramp, uh, up that loop, you know? Yeah. And it just yeah. destroys what the game is all about. It, it's just, 
like if realism is what they're shooting for, then they're doing it wrong with this aspect. Really, it's not right. Now, uh, at our tournament, the uh, the highlight for what he had there, he brand, two brand new games. He had uh, Wizard of Oz and Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know if it was LE or premium, but it was not pro. Um, it was the one with the upper play field. Yes, the one with the upper play field. And yeah. so accordingly, most of the players there, again, most of them have not had a chance to really uh, mess around with either table. Uh, yeah. Strangely enough for me, of the six tables I played, guess which two I took first place on in my grouping? Those two. Those two, the two tables that I have no clue what the heck is going on on. And, uh, and hope for the best. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I was rather, I was rather stoked. Uh, overall, I wanted to place ninth in the tournament, which is just like That's good. Is shocking to me. I, I, absolutely how, shocking. How many people were playing? Uh, probably 40, 44, 40 some, somewhere around like there. Ninth is pretty respectable. Uh, yeah. Very respectable. Now, the funny thing was with... Uh, so, Game of Thrones, uh, he did have the headphones plugged in. He had some headphones yeah. there. The bad yeah. news is, is that uh, you put them on and you get the sweat from somebody else that just had them on. Yeah. yeah. Kind of nasty. I told you to bring your own, man. You uh, well, there just... was, no, but that's the thing with Game of Thrones. There's no plug on the front of the machine. Oh. No. Nah. There is on Wizard of Oz. There is on Wizard of Oz. There is not on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, it comes out of the back, uh, out of the back box somewhere, uh, you know, behind oh. the translate. And that's the same way that I saw it at Arcade Expo, the way they had it set up there. So, obviously, Stern has not uh, gone the extra mile there for putting headphone jacks on the front. Because you know, um, running an extra, you know, running an extra six meters of cable from the, or not even that like three or four meters of cable from the back box to the front cabinet is a lot of extra money. Stan, right. right? <laughs> that being said, I played two balls with the headphones, one ball without the headphones, the ball yeah. that I played without the headphones, I sucked at. So yeah. I, I got it. It was amazing. I was using it to isolate out and really focus in and hear everything. And, uh, it's, uh, it's super amazing what it does to your game. Like when you, when I played it on, um, on wizard of Oz, like I did get a high score on it. And uh -huh. I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so the the funny thing about it all was most people's scores. Uh, again, they were they were trying to figure it out, and uh, you know it's kind of slow going. And I'm going to bring up the uh, score sheet right now, so I can uh, really really tell you what so these you scores are. The use a software program in your tournament, like uh, Match Play or something like that? The Our tournament uses, uh, what is it, the Chicago Hello. Pinball Mafias? Uh, I forget uh, what the, the group's thing is, but uh, it's their custom software is what they okay. actually use. Give you an example. I won my, my four people grouping with 136 million. Um, yeah. And that was good for sixth place on the table itself. The, okay. Okay. Now, the match before me, I feel really sorry for two of the four people that were in this match um, because they were going against uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Matthews, who is, I believe, 33rd in the world, and Johnny Modica, who is uh, 55th in the world. <laughs> no. And so, like I said, my score, 136 million. 
their scores were two billion and three point five billion. Oh, oh man, Johnny Johnny almost ran the table. I mean, he was one dragon away, I think, from running the table for all the wizards. Yeah, no, it, it was just, it was insane watching. And, and the poor, the, the, the one guy, he scored 1.5 million on the table. <laughs> the poor guy, he was just like not having any fun because there was literally probably 20 minutes between his balls. Oh, this is why I never, ever play four-player games in a tournament because it drives me insane. If you get paired up with a really good player, you're sitting there, you lose your mojo. Oh, you totally lose your your, lose your mojo. I hate it. I refuse to do it. I go, no, nah, I'll do my three balls and then you can have a go. Yeah. Because, man, it throws me so bad if if they, um, uh, if they we have to like take a break between balls. It just screws me up. Yeah. And maybe that reflects my, my ability as a pinball player because the other guys who do play full-play games and still dominate, I'm with that. But I think it's just my play style. It's, it's a different skill set, obviously, too. Yeah, you, it is. You, you know, you have to learn how to adapt to that, how to play one ball and play one ball good and not count on, uh, you know, having that muscle memory for the very next ball, you know. That's right. Each ball is, is a new ball. And I guess if you play pinball enough, you don't need that warm-up or that consistency of, of yeah. play to carry you through the game. It's all there, ready for you to go. It's just you just approach each ball as a as a new thing. Now, three of the tables that, got, uh, that were there were brought by uh, – another uh, a collector and mm. he brought with him hurricane uh, mm. which looked really good i mean it was a fantastic looking uh, play field and everything and the thing that was killing me was <laughs> i have i only recently finished all the wizard goals on hurricane i've already uh-huh. completely forgotten how to play that table that's how much it just slips out of my mind Right. <laughs> it didn't stick with me. So I was really bummed that I couldn't remember what was the strategy again? The, what, do, what do I hit over and over and over again to get a good score? Yeah, because I know this winds up being just a one-shot table. Um, yeah. And I realized I that it was all about collecting all the clown face lights, and I couldn't mm-hmm. remember how to get one particular light. <laughs> it was killing me. I was like, where's that shot? I don't know. Fortunately, I didn't play that in the tournament, so I was only playing that in practice. Um, he also had a surf and safari, Gottlieb surf and safari. Yeah, again, nice. screw you people that want to bring more Gottlieb premieres in. It's an ugly table. and Definitely. I it's, um, it has a similar sort of, um, from memory, Seven Safari has a similar way of building things up as Going Nuts did. It has like a little light matrix in the middle of the table that yeah. you that like you shoot things, it builds up the light matrix, and then you get like an award at the top sort of thing. Yeah, it just, uh, I spent about two games on it, which is like, bleh, hate it, don't, please don't bring it to TPA, please don't, yeah. it's just, yuck. The other table that they had was a uh, Bally Atlantis, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, which, it didn't really grab my attention that much, but it was interesting for uh, for playing that era of table. Um, because you can, it's so obvious how much farther advanced William was in that same years of tables more than Bally was. Cause obviously this is before they merged um, and became yeah. one. Uh, but th- it's, you know, the same era of table as Elvira and the party monsters. I'm just having a look at the play field now. It had some tough shots. Uh, there's a four bank of drop targets that, uh, or four drop targets that as soon as you hit one, it starts giving you this countdown timer. Yeah. Or a countdown beep. And you got to knock down the other three in order to collect 
or even set up, I should say, uh, what your time to shot after that is. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of interesting to play. I'm always happy to play pinballs that I've never touched before. So that was one of those that I'd never never had a chance to grab. It's like this. It looks like it has some sort of strange lock system or lock mechanism yeah. on in the top yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I never figured out for myself because I never could hit that shot. <laughs> yeah. It certainly looks interesting. Yeah. So like I said, I'm, I'm very, I would very much like it if Farsight brought in some of these valleys from the you know mid mid eighties, uh, just cause they're different. They're odd. They don't, yeah. they're, uh, you look at a lot of their play fields and there's always something quirky about them, something just different that you are not in the least bit used to. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, you know, jury's out on that for me, but uh, it, it certainly makes for interesting play. Yeah. I think the, the, the mechanics of the games back then were, they were pretty formulaic. Um, you're building up, you're sort of collecting the three or four different things and then going for like the sort of mini wizard mode. It was very much about instant gratification with that era tables. And that's yeah. the thing that's really quite nice. You look at Diner, for example, right? Like, you know, you basically, it's so simple. You walk up to the table, you shoot the drop targets until you build up enough people. And then you go and shoot for all the points up in yes. the, um, the sturdy cup. Yeah. It's so easy. Like, it's just so easy to, to grok that as a new right. player. So you, so you go from playing that to them playing Wizard of Oz, which I honestly have not a clue what the hell is going on on that table. I mean, I, I, and that was me watching. I'm trying to watch other players, you know, trying to go, oh, maybe I can figure something out. And yet they've got the, the video screen up there. It's divided up into four quadrants. There's like three mm -hmm. different things going on at the same time that you're supposedly maybe collecting. There's no way that you can read all three at the same time before something else happens and, and you know, the screen changes. No. And I'm just like... I was and and you look at the light show, and you have no the lights don't guide you; they just make pretty colors. I mean, it is it's gorgeous to look at, yeah. but I don't find it at all fun to play because I'm just constantly scratching my head. You have to approach that table already knowing exactly what you need to do and, and how to build up. There's no because I understand that it's one of those that you can build really build up the. Uh, you know, stack things. Stackable to hell. Like it's just you can stack all the things in it. Like I think when I was playing it over at Free Gold Watch um, a couple of years ago, I remember accidentally stacking two or three multi balls together and just getting a colossal score on it, like two hundred fifty thousand or something like that. Which for that game is massive. But it score. almost seems like you do it more by accident because you don't. I mean, again, unless you know the rules and exactly what you need to do to stack things. It just mm. randomly happens, you know, and I watched somebody, I was watching somebody play. They had a score of 50,000 points. And if yep. you're not familiar with Wizard of Oz, this is a table that scores in tens and fifties. I mean, yeah. it is a slow, slow yeah. scoring table. It's low. It's even lower than some of the early eighties pins. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, he's got it's like a PM scoring, really. He's got 50,000 points. Suddenly he has multi-ball. I'm like, okay, it gets up to 55,000 and all of a sudden jumps to a hundred and some. I'm like, what <laughs> the heck did you just hit that you doubled your score on this machine? Yep. And, and, and I asked him after his ball and I said, what happened? And he goes, I have no clue. <laughs> and this is one of our better players too. And he was like, I don't know. 
<laughs> things that are flashing. That's what I did. Uh, that game is all about just. But everything's flashing. That's why you shoot everything. <laughs> That's what you do. Like I, the, the the key strategy for that game is just you get your multi ball up the center ramp first. You yeah. get that going, and then everything sort of unfold. If you can keep it going for long enough, you'll start getting your points up. Really, it's it's the safest strategy I've found on that game. The limited amount of times I have played it, it's just yeah, just multi ball is a sure thing. You'll get some points from that, mm. and then if something else, if you trigger other things, because I think you can actually trigger other modes and stuff while you're playing multiple yeah depending on what you're looking for don't quote me on that because i am not familiar at all with the rules in this but that's my assumption because that's how i got a big score um <laughs> uh so you just you just keep on shooting all the things and i don't know there's some modes in it that like will the design to trip you out there's this one mode that you may or may not have got to where it basically starts to strobe all the leds Okay. In all these, it basically cycles through the colors and strobes them in such a way that it almost makes you physically ill as you're playing the game. And it's designed to do that. The designers thought, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna screw with your head, and we're gonna basically pulse these lights to make you uncomfortable when you're playing it. So it makes it really hard for you to play in this particular mode. Awesome. And then there's another mode that reverses the flippers on you uh -huh. as well. So it actually does exactly what Zen Pinball does in a lot yeah. of time, but it actually does it for real. It reverses the flippers. Um, and the other one, it just turns off all the lights completely and you just play in the dark. So you don't know what you're shooting for. Okay. It's not even not lights lit. You just have to like listen and shoot, which is why it's important to have headphones on or be able to hear it. Because uh, it gives you audio cues. So you have to go, oh, okay. I, you got to know where that is. Like you got to know where the shot is and then shoot. Well, that's the it. other problem because there are times where there'd be calls where it'd be like, shoot to this. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking that? about. I don't know what that is. It's not labeled on the table. It's not like, you know, it's got a sign hanging from it or anything. And you look at the play field itself and, and it's not like it's clearly labeled underneath the thing. You just have to know what it is. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's oh, clearly Wizard of Oz is designed to be in your game room. And absolutely. the idea is that, you know, you are familiar enough with it because you play it for 30 or 40 times. Yeah. And you start to learn what it's about. But, you know, it's certainly not... You look at the complexity of that game compared to some of the Sterns that are out there now. And there's a reason, right? Because Stern yeah. still market their games for the operator. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that they could put something as complex as Wizard of Oz out there um, and have people buy into it as a like an arcade title. Um, so it's it's interesting that, that the home market is making these, these tables on location almost inaccessible um to to do it and i think people are fairly aware now that that all the jc jack pinball games the the system that they're using the linux-based system and the board architecture has had a lot of troubles with operators actually running these on site like the boards fail because they're not really designed to be left on all the time no oh, okay but they're not they're not technically at the well at least for all the reports i've seen they're not technically arcade hardened so they're designed to be more like an appliance, like a, a console. You turn it on, you play it, you turn it off, and you come back to it again. But running them 24 hours a day, things go wrong with them. Um, so I think they've done a lot of work on reliability and hardening it for um, um, The Hobbit because they realize that, hey, you know, people are actually running these on, on site. And, I mean, they've got coin doors on them and coin validators. So, you know, they, they sort of suggested that you, sh you can run them on yeah. site. So. Yeah. 
they have to make sure the hardware can handle it. The last thing I saw at our pinball league was a sponsor of our show from Wizard Amusements, uh, Mike Levitt. He oh, yeah. showed me what his most recent uh, plunger uh, lane shooter rod is, and that is mm. hits Rod Zombie's head for uh, Spooky Pinball's uh, pinball for the, uh, oh, the new Rob Zombie. Really? And it Pretty looked, sure. it was a really good looking uh, Rob Zombie. The note that he'd gotten back on it though was Rob looks a little too happy. And it wasn't that he looked happy. It's more that he just wasn't mean and evil enough. <laughs> so the feedback was he's too happy, which was kind of a odd and funny. But anyway, I thought it looked fantastic. So those of you that uh, uh, want to take a look go to uh, his website and uh, hunt him out, see if he's posted pictures of it yet, because I'm sure pictures will be popping up very soon for that. Um, but it's definitely cool. worth it. Yeah, it was definitely cool looking. So I'm always happy to see what he's working on next and uh, getting ready to put out there. That's there awesome. was one other tournament that was going on this past week, and that is the one that uh, Farsight runs. Oh, yeah. I oh, really yeah. go. Yeah, I decided to sort of have a bit of a shot. And for me... The only table I did well on, uh, comparatively speaking, because everyone else that plays in that tournament is, is much better than I am, I got had my best game ever on Cactus Canyon. Oh. I, I got to the wizard mode on it, of course, and I didn't unlock any goals because, you know, it, the goals don't count in tournament tables. Right. Um, but, yeah, I got to see the wizard mode. I got, like, 300 million or something like that. Okay. And was up on the leaderboard first for a while, and then people got eight or 900, uh, 900 million. I just went, screw you all. I'm going home. That is insane. On that game, it's nuts. I mean, what uh, what uh, uh, level are you at, I should say? Uh, uh, are you gold, silver, bronze? I think I'm gold. I've, I've never been off gold, even though I haven't played in some tournaments. Like, I, I've okay. never left gold. I'm magic. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my first tournament being in gold. And mm. so now my my strategy is just to maintain that. So I came in at 36th place, and I was very happy. Uh, That's good because you know I'm not going to not going to do all that well. Um, I'm looking at on Steam on Cactus Canyon top score by Tarek 365 million. There you go. Uh, silver level 328 million. Bronze tier 335 million. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at. Uh, into the mobile and see what uh, top score was because uh, top score. No, Jared, you came in second um, gold tier. Uh, top score is 564. You came in at 307. Oh, there you go. So I managed to hold on. So yeah, I, I was going to say anything beyond, you know, 300 million is very tough in that 20 minutes because that's yeah. one of those tables that all the scoring is done entirely in your bonus oh, collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, did I have some big bonuses. I had some big bonuses of more than my score of like 60 or 70 million. It was it was incredible incredible. I just kept it hanging around up in the pop bumpers. Yeah. And then unlocking some stuff and you know, and then just playing it. But most of the time it was like, yeah, shoot the mine, get it up into the uh, pops, or like shoot the left loop, just pop it all day, basically. That's right. that is how you do it on that table. It's ridiculous. That's why it's not a tournament game like in real life, because it's just so overblown. I was excited because this tournament had Ripley's in it, and Ripley's is the one table that I know that I can uh, just have, really have my way with. And yeah. I was very disappointed to find out that apparently Farsight has tweaked some of the uh, 
the railroading on that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so it used to be that from a uh, captured ball on your left flipper, if you flip that up the center ramp to the, uh, the you know the three in lanes of the slot machine, uh, yeah. it would ninety five percent of the time drop into the far right lane, and therefore you could get your jewels that would make you have two times scoring on the table really easily um, right. and consistently. This time around, it was probably a 60-40 split of it more often than not going into the center lane. Oh. Center lane jewels give you the god-awful road trip mode that you do not want in a 20-minute tournament. You absolutely don't want because you don't score many points on it, and it takes forever for it to end. And oh. that's critical to your 20 minutes of, of scoring on Ripley's because Ripley's, yeah. it's all about... How many times can you run the continents? You want yeah. the con you want to collect the continent bonus, and you want to be having two times on the continent bonus. And if you can collect it three times, you're doing very well. You'll you'll get a a, a very good score, probably 190 to 200 and some uh, plus million. Uh, yep. Now that's for players like me. If you're a yeah. player like Tarek, <laughs> his <laughs> strategy his strategy is to get into North America and abuse it. Right. Because you can really get the jackpot high. My problem is I cannot hit the shrunken head to save my life. Yeah. Um, it's my, I, I really, that's the one shot on that table that I do not have at all in my wheelhouse. Right. Um, so. Like it's sort of all the way up the back there. It, for me, it always just floats in there accidentally. Well, and you can't, you cannot hit it with the left flipper. It has to be a right flipper shot. And mm. I cannot figure out, uh, it's a very narrow window on your flipper for being able to get it up there. You know, you got to hit it just perfectly, it seems. And I've never been able to figure it out. Um, so North America to me is, okay, let me just drain my balls and get onto the next continent. Uh, I, I, again, it's not for me, but I know that that's Tarek's. Uh, better. That's it. Yeah, he sits there and he will abuse that thing it's to the point almost. I think he was saying something about he gets that one up to fifteen or twenty million, Whoa. and then and then he plays it really safe on all the other continents, right? Because continents that I think are totally hundred percent safe, like South America or Australia, um, even Asia, I have no problem collecting. He's pointed out that if you're playing a marathon session, a marathon game, uh, mm. those suddenly become that's where you lose your ball on. Uh, yeah. You play them enough times, you're going to lose your ball eventually on them. Whereas North right. America, it's a multi ball, you're not going to lose your balls. He has a safe way of capturing them, and he can hit that shrunken head all day long, build up yeah. that jackpot. So, yeah, so his method is not running the continents three times, it's building the crap up out of North America and then maybe running the continents twice. Right. Okay. If he has two times scoring on that, suddenly you've, you're collecting forty million the first time on North America because it's doubled, That's and then the wild. next time you go through, you're at eighty million on it. I mean, it just like you know, grows huge. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so it's, yeah, but I thought I was going to be really good, but that that stupid railroad that got eliminated, I was never able to to get my two time up. There you go. Well, it's good they tuned it a bit because it you know the railways were pretty bad in it. Yeah, so, I know, but it's disappointing. <laughs> open up the app then, because um, 
uh, I wanted to check where I actually finished up. And out of 378 mobile players with very little effort on my part, I finished 98th. So I was in the top 100. Wow. That, you guys got that many players in. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, 378 people are in gold tier. Wow. Because yeah. on Steam, we only have 71. Well, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's because, <laughs> well, you know why? It's because Steam has only just started having tournaments. Uh, you oh, yeah. know, we're only six months in, I think, something like that. Yep. So, whereas mobile's had it for, well, since the inception of tournaments, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I Yes. That's right. It's the, we've had that a long time. Yeah. So I guess the player base is, I think it's spread across iOS and Android too. It's not just uh, Android. It's just mobile as a conglomerate or any mobile. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to actually get a decent placing in there because it's always the top people who will get it, which is why I just don't play. I'd love to see five-minute tournaments. That are really yeah, that's, that's entirely why I'm just like, you know what? So long as I'm not getting bumped down to silver, I'm not going to try and chase the top 10. It's ridiculous to try and chase it. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a fool's folly. <laughs> Unobtainium. That's yeah. What it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when some of these guys are sitting there saying, oh, well, well yeah, I only played five times and this is what I got. And I'm like, I played 20 and I still was, you know, 15, 16 places behind you on that one table. So my effort was pretty staggering for what I was able to do. So, yeah. But now that the tournament, now that the tournament is over, uh, please, all of you players that are on steam, go back to baiting the uh, head to head mode because it was, I couldn't get a single matchup in head to head because everybody was too busy playing on the tournament. Um, And the beta is in desperate need of attention. So, have taken head-to-head off um, the mobile. Uh-huh. Uh, they had to. They had to get some extra fixes out to the the UI. They wanted to get a group sorting in. Okay. So we actually now have the ability to to see tables from the manufacturers grouped with labels. Now um, we can't yet sort them um, like ascending or descending, uh, or do any sort of logic. But at least they've got like the headers in there now, so we can sort of group that way. Um, and so, so that was good, but they, they had to disable head to head, which honestly didn't bother me because I could never initiate a head to head session with anyone that's in the beta testing group. Well, and I've been having troubles with that too. And that's why I'm, I really want people to come in because I can't, uh, troubleshoot it with maybe only one person in there, you know, then I don't know, is it just a problem of us? not being able to connect together or is it a problem with something, you know, with yeah. how Farsight has it set up. So the more people, the better. Um, it's much better on steam because on the Android, it's like a closed beta group though. It's a private group. And you, oh uh, yeah. We're in public beta. They, they, they pick the people they want in there um, based on their reliability and you know, how they contribute to the betas and all that. So um, the steam beta is great because anyone can just activate the beta channel yep. and get, on it like you don't need any membership or anything like that Not yeah that folks have- all you have to do is you have to right click on the game in your uh, scheme library right click on tpa uh a series of uh options the very last option is properties click on properties you'll see the tabs one of them says beta click on beta and from there you'll be able to see the selection box you'll be able to uh, select currently it says public ui beta that's the one you're going to select it's good for yeah. the head-to-head um yeah, so, cool. so anybody that is on steam is available and uh, to play it. It's, it's open to the public. But get on it and get yeah. testing. Now I thought of one other mode 
that I would love to see in Head to Head. But I'll tell you about that after I tell you about Loot Crate. Hey, have, uh, have you guys hopped onto Loot Crate yet? Why not? Because, you know, it benefits us, the blockade. So yeah. why, not, why mm-hmm. not try it out, right? Just go to trylootcrate.com forward slash blockade. Enter in the promo code BRIDGE10 and you'll get 10% off your first order. Doing that, you have a selection of different uh, crates that you can choose, starting down as low as $8.99, going all the way up to, I believe, $150. Um, the items that you get are usually double the value of what you paid. And as we've mentioned before, it's usually something of the nature of a t-shirt, uh, some kind of a figurine, uh, collectible. Uh, it's all geek. Yeah, it's it's all geek-related. Stuff you're going to love. Stuff you're going to want to display on your desk top. Yep. Uh, so get on it. Go to trylootcrate.com forward slash blockade. Enter in that promo code of Bridge10. And everybody will be happy. That's right. So the mode I would love to see dropped in is King of the Hill. Oh, okay. So, King, that- so King of the Hill, the way I imagine it is uh, you you enter in you get entered into a match on a particular table. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that table is now king of that table. And all of a sudden, they're paired up with another person coming in to try and bump the, whoever the king is off of that table. Ah. Uh, and then maybe it would uh, show you know, how many wins that person has had on said table in a row. Uh, you know, so you could really get an aspect of that. Now, it could be, there could be many variations of that, too whether it's uh, a permanent record of who has the most wins on that table mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get more wins than them, or maybe it's you get to see who has the most wins and then you can issue a challenge to that person and try and yep. bump them off. And if you're able to bump them off, then you're the new king of the hill and anybody can issue you a challenge to, tr- to try and pair up with you. Um, I just think it would be a fun way of it give you a reason to hang out in the lobby. Cause right now that's the other problem that I'm having is I go to the head-to-head lobby, I select my table, and then I just sit there and I'm waiting. And I'm hoping for a match. And if I get the match, great, I'm happy. But as soon as that match ends or that person leaves, then I'm back to, well, what am I sitting around here for anyway? Why don't I just, maybe I want to go play another table. But if it wasn't a situation where I want to hang around because I'm king of the table right now, that'd be kind of fun. I think there's... I think there's all sorts of ways that uh, different, different parameters that can be set up for King of the Hill um, to make it work with however Farsight needs to make it work. Um, mm. I, I certainly like the idea of trying to bump somebody off. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. That's, a, that's another easy mode to do too, like with, with uh, the, the lobby and that sort of system. So I think it's great. The more of this type of idea that people have, the better. And the only way that they're going to come up with these ideas is to test. Exactly. So get on there and open up your mind and ask, what if? Because um, I didn't think about it just during the day. I thought about it while sitting in the lobby. <laughs> oh, really? While, while I was trying to play head-to-head, it was like, you know, it would be great. And that's when it's going to hit you. It's while you're sitting there waiting with your thoughts going, uh, you know what would make this better? Why am I bored right now? Why am I not wanting to be here? You know, you start asking yourself those questions. Start then asking, well, what would keep me here? What would make me want to come back continually to this? What would keep my interest? Those are the things. Then you go onto Pinball Arcade Fans Forum and uh, look under PC 
under public UI beta, I think it is, and yep. enter your thoughts. Just right now, uh, the person that's doing the programming on the head-to-head, Stephen, he's being very receptive. He's listening to yep. what people are saying, and he's cataloging everybody's ideas because they're looking for ideas. They're looking to see what exactly that they want to do and what they can do. So, uh, yeah, get in there and uh, get your ideas out. Do it. Do it. So the last thing I'm going to talk about, because uh, I'm full of things to talk about on a session that I didn't think I had much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> last thing I'm going to talk about is uh, uh, I need to give a shout out to my boy. So my son's been doing uh, martial arts for three years now, I believe. And yep. today was his test to see if he qualified to get into the black belt candidate program. Mm-hmm. And so this particular day was a little brutal though. So they, right. wanted, they wanted to make sure that the kids really, really wanted it. Right. So he had to do 500 sit-ups, 450 squats and 150 push-ups. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> There's no way. Now, now, fortunately for the, all the kids, they weren't making them do like real sit-ups. Oh, it's just so little hoppies. Uh, let's just say like eventually it's as long as they can get their shoulders up off the ground, they're counting it. Um, right. I, I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the pushups that were being done were not exactly, you know, chest to the floor kind of pushups. Uh, it was basically so long as you can get a crook in your elbow and uh, straighten it out again, that was counting as a, as a pushup. That being okay. said though, I mean, you're talking about kids that are ranging, uh, ranging in age. My boy is 10 to, I think the oldest was probably maybe 13 or 14. Um, right. They don't exactly have a lot of muscle mass on them. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was still very much a challenge. And my poor boy, oh my gosh, they did the sit-ups first. And at, uh, at 250, he was barely able to even sit. I mean, it was just like, oh, there's no way we're going to get to 500. And, and his form is, again, he's, you know, he's a little kid. He's never had to worry about proper form on sit-up or anything. No. Now is not the time to teach him either. Um, no. So with a little assisting of you know, cupping the back of the head so you, you know, he gets the idea of rolling his head forward and everything and letting him know exactly that, no, you don't have to go all the way up to your knees. You only have to come up a little bit. You know, it's a crunch, not a, a full-blown sit-up. Anyway, yeah. he wound up being able to accomplish all these things after a two-hour session. Uh, yeah. So I'm very, very proud of him, uh, being able to, to bust that out. Uh, myself, I've been doing and posting on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, a pushup challenge that somebody issued me, which was doing 22 pushups a day for 22 days. It's, uh, to raise awareness for, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder among soldiers Apparently, right. 22 uh, soldiers commit suicide every single day due to PTSD. And That's pretty terrible. Yeah, it is pretty terrible. And so they're just trying to raise awareness. So the uh, the hashtags, the various hashtags that goes by is PTSD awareness. Um, there's also a 22 kill and 22 push-ups. So if you go to uh, my Twitter account, at Shut Your Traps, or if you follow me on Instagram, at Shut Your Trap, uh, you'll be able to see the videos that I've been posting. I've been trying to make them amusing and different each day. And yesterday, unfortunately, I royally screwed myself up. Nice. <laughs> so I had my son jump onto my back. So I was pushing him up at the same time. So an extra 60 pounds on me. 
Oh, right. And yes. yeah, I wound up, uh, you know, pulling a muscle or something in my neck to the point that uh, this morning when I woke up, I couldn't turn my head side to side. Even today, right. turning it side to side, by now I've stretched it out and everything. It, I can turn my head slowly. <laughs> but, but there's there's no whiplash movements going on. It, it hurts quite a bit. Um, so anyway, but I encourage everybody to check those out. And if you feel like doing the challenge yourself, I mean, it's 22 push-ups. You can do girl push-ups if you want, and you're on your knees. Whatever. Uh, jump on this. <laughs> yeah, you know, post, <laughs> post it to your Twitter feed. And uh, on top of throwing in those hashtags, why don't you throw in a little hashtag of uh, at blockade. And uh, that way we can keep tracks of it and uh, encourage you to go along with it. And we'll give you some love. We'll give you some likes. Exactly. Uh, Jared, you got any other business? Or do you just need to get to your birthday party that everybody's screaming and shouting and running in and out of your room for? Uh, no, that's a little bit later. Um, the, the birthday will be going to a place that does slow-cooked food. And we're going to be having lots and lots of ribs. Nice. That's what I'm going to be doing anyhow. Now, now are, you doing, uh, are you doing pork ribs or beef ribs? Or pork all the way. Pork all the way. That's because you Australians hate the, the pig. Yeah, we love to eat the pig. You love to eat uh, the pig because you hate the pig to be alive. <laughs> it, it must be eaten. Um, that's why I have a shirt called Bacon. I have a bacon <laughs> shirt for that very reason. Um, the only other thing worth mentioning is that the Brisbane Pinball Club tournament, the final qualifier for the year, is running tomorrow. Ah. Uh, so I'll be going to that. And um, seeing if I can sneak my way into the final again this year, considering that I actually missed one entire tournament. Um, so I might be able to get in there and see if the, the birthday luck follows me through. He who knows, I might even be able to get a place and get some money back. I'll be happy to get my entry fee back of 15 bucks. Um, so that'd be pretty good. Uh, so yeah, well, wish me luck for that tomorrow. Absolutely. And I'm sure that you'll post your results on your own Twitter feed, which is at Jared Morgs. Yes, I'll do selfies <laughs> like there, I did last time. There you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. All sorts of things are going on. At Blockade, uh, for sure you want to follow because then you get to find out uh, when this uh, podcast gets recorded, except for on a day like today where Blab was not working. So we're doing this on uh, Google Hangouts on air. Yeah. Blab was having a bad time today. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, beyond that, folks, Thank you ever so much for listening. We do really appreciate it. Uh, even though we like to just hear ourselves talk, we like to know that other people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> we will be back again next week, uh, hopefully with some, uh, maybe we'll get our hands on the beta of 8-Ball Deluxe. I know Jared has a little bit. Uh, it hasn't come to Steam yet, so I'm very curious to see what's going on with that. And uh, we'll obviously get a report back from Jared on whether or not he... Uh, Screwed the pooch at getting into the finals, or did he uh, did he bring spring to like action always. and bring it in? That's right. Find it in like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So until next time, folks, thank you very much. See you, bye. Wizardamusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization.
don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favourite podcast hosting service that Blycade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball. Because uh, that'll just make them come over and over and over again back That's into right. it.